So I'm watching the series about Madeleine McCann and just absolutely horrified and heartbroken when it they brought these private investigators in and they uncovered this huge paedophile ring throughout Europe. And they, they were showed all the pictures of all the kids that had gone missing that this paedophile ring had that were advertising to each other for sex. And reading your stuff about elite paedophile rings and Jimmy Savile, it all tied into that then because... When you were calling Jimmy Savile out, people were laughing at you. Yeah, of course. But everything you said came completely true. So how are these elite paedophile works, uh, networks structured? Well, they're structured in the same way as the spider web is structured. In fact, they are fundamental. They're, 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 they, they run, it runs through the veins of the spider's web, if you like. It runs through the strands. Uh, I said earlier that when I start investigating these uh, family bloodlines that are behind all this, invariably you hit paedophilia and Satanism, and the two are uh, combined, which really um, didn't surprise me when, as the revelations about Jimmy Savile uh, began to unfold and unfold and unfold, eventually he was, it was said that he was a, he was a Satanist. Paedophilia and Satanism um, go together. And, and what... Um, what the Savile situation was, because it came out in the public arena, it was a little doorway. And staggering, given that he was a record-breaking paedophile, staggering it may be for me to say, but it's true, a tiny doorway. Because this thing is vast. I mean, it, it, we're going to go, it, we, we would go deep, deep into some really deep esoteric things about why they want sex with children. But there's a reason for it. Um, and the uh, the scale of it is absolutely vast. Um, I, I was traveling America in the 1990s um, from about 96. Uh, and I met a lot of people who were involved in MKUltra, the government uh, CIA military mind control operation uh, that came to public attention, but only a tiny part of it. Um, and these were people, uh, kids, who were taken into the project at a very young age, sometimes five, six years of age. Um, and then they were tr uh, used as mind-controlled, basically uh, mind-controlled assets to do various things. Um, and, but but, but what, that, what happened within that whole MKUltra was this vast sex with children ring was part of it. And I've named them in my books a long time ago. Um, people like uh, Father George Bush was a notorious, uh, from the, on the inside, uh, serial paedophile and torturer of children. Um, um, and uh, so many of these people were. And there is a global network. And, you know, I was helping someone in America once who'd lost their adopted um, twins to the system, who had given these adopted twins to um, a, a woman, a single woman, um, which was a crazy thing to do uh, on the face of it for the benefit of the kids. And the kids weren't treated very well by this woman who was connected into this whole ring. 
So in doing that, um, I started to realize how many children went missing every year. And what I did is I called the federal government. And I, I wanted figures for the number of children went missing every year. And they said, we don't keep them. You tell me how many cars went missing and tell me how many children went missing. They said, you're going to have to ring every state. So I started ringing every state. I, don't know, I, got, I got to about 10 and 15. And I, I, I'm in such a figure by then of, um, of children going missing. It's, it was staggering. So you see um, a story like Madeleine McCann and what people do, and I do understand it, they get a feel for how many kids go missing and are never found by how many missing kids stories end up in the media. That is so tiny, it's almost infinitesimal compared with the kids that go missing. And then I was talking to a Zulu shaman in um, South Africa, Credo Mutwa. He starts telling me that the, uh, one of the biggest uh, problems they're having in their area is children going missing. Children are going missing all over the world. It's, it's, it's a, a, a stunning thing. And they get trafficked. They get trafficked out to famous people for, for sex um, and, and other abuse. And you realize the scale it's going on. But again, you, you're, into that, you're into that chasm between what's happening and what people think is going on. So they think, oh, it's so fantastic. That can't be happening. It's happening. And a lot of them end up dead in the end. Um, I, I was the one, of course, that came out in, um, in The Biggest Secret. Which, which was published in 1998 and named Ted Heath as a paedophile Satanist. And, um, and of course, it took 17 years for his name to then hit the public arena for um, the, um, the paedophilia. And, and, so, and this goes into the very, uh, the very top of society. The ratio of paedophiles and Satanists in the upper echelons of the societal hierarchy is vastly greater in the general population. There's a lot in the general population, but in um, the upper level, the ratio is ridiculous. And so you, you look at the Savile story, and it, it was that window. So um, I remember Jimmy Savile as a kid, um, and he was a disc jockey. They called him a disc jockey. He was a strange man. He had this white hair and he, you know, all that stuff, and he became Jim or Fix-It with kids and everything, you know. Um, and... Um, and he, he was a strange man. Then he kind of disappeared. And he got old and old and old. And what happened to him? Um, but it turns out that even though uh, he had no obvious uh, income stream after he dropped out of being a famous so-called entertainer, he, he had houses all over the place. He had loads of cars. He had a Bentley and all this stuff. Where's the money coming from? What was lost in the revelations about Jimmy Savile, is the reason that he got away with it. He was a procurer of children for the rich and famous. That's how he got away with it. Uh, and he, he, uh, they had to watch his back to watch their own. Um, and so he would provide children for these rich and famous people. This is why he, he, he was uh, on very friendly terms with Ted Heath. Um, and uh, so then you look at the other area of that Savile story that's never been um, explored, which absolutely should be, and it is this. 
In, in Savile's own words, in the 1960s, Lord Mountbatten, a known paedophile, invites Savile, who's a disc jockey, into the heart of the British royal family. It's, why, it's how he became a close friend of Prince Charles, a close friend for a long time until they fell out of Prince Philip, and in the inner circle, including the Queen. Sorry about that. Um, and, um, and he remained at, in that inner center of the, um, the circle, the inner circle of the royal family, right up to his death, basically. And a friend of Charles right up to his death. And I met a lady. Um, in fact, uh, I met her in a house I lived in just down the road from here. She came over to the Isle of Wight, spoke to me for a long time, who was a longtime friend of, um, of Princess Diana, friend of hers for about nine years. And she told me about Savile. She told me about Savile because Diana had told her, and she knew from other sources as well. Um, and she, she described how um, when... Diana was married to Charles, um, that uh, Savile was always all, all, all around, all the time, and she, she thought he was sleazy and horrible and could stand him. Well, the reason he was there, he's let's put this together, he's at, he's at the inner core of the British royal family circle, and he's a procurer of children for the rich and famous, right? Now let's take another step. I remember seeing a film, just very quickly, a report that um, the Queen was making a visit to this place. And this guy came up, and he's, he's, he's in the crowd, and he's, he's going to protest, right? The security services knew he was there and came across. They knew he was there. They knew he was going. They knew he was going to be in the crowd. And you can't cough anywhere near the Queen without the security forces know about it and special branch know about it. The police clearly knew, because they interviewed him a number of times, that Jimmy Savile was a paedophile. And he's allowed into the inner circle of the British royal family and special branch and MI5 are not screaming, what's going on? He's a paedophile. What, what, what are you doing allowing him in there? No. He's allowed, while being interviewed by the police from time to time over paedophilia, to be in the inner circle of the royal family. Now, here's another one. Anyone thinks that's a coincidence? I've got some seafront property in Birmingham you'll like to <laughs> buy sight unseen. But they got away with it because the, the system watches its own back. And, um, you know... They're not even questioned about it. It's 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 incredible. And then and then what happened, of course, when they had the so-called inquiry, when Theresa May was Home Secretary, she has this inquiry because she's forced into it by public opinion, basically, to um, into elite paedophilia. Um, they um, she names someone who's clearly unacceptable and had to stand down because she wasn't. She she then names another person who's clearly unacceptable and had to stand down because. She wasn't. And, and what they're doing is they're putting time between the uproar in public and uh, the, um, the point where anything happens. And now um, uh, this, this inquiry is still going on, but of course it's hardly ever mentioned. 
how nefarious were the activities of Ted Heath and Saville? Was was Heath buggering boys and throwing them off boats, and was Saville a necro? Oh yeah, I, um, yeah. I'm uh, th- this lady who um, was Princess Diana's friend for nine years. Um, she told me that uh, Saville was a necrophiliac, um, sex with dead bodies, etc. Why do people think? that he volunteered to be a porter at Leeds Hospital. It gave him access to the mortuary. Um, and so um, I was, she, she told me that, and, and then it came out later publicly that he was a necrophiliac. Um, and, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, these people are not the same as everyone else. Just think of the empathy deletion necessary to do what he did at just that one man. Um, and Ted Heath, um, I was told about him by a series of people who, um, most of the people that had Ted Heath abused, the children, they, they didn't survive. Because Ted Heath uh, was at a very famous face. Um, you know, the more people he abused who stayed alive, the, the dodger it gets for his survival. And so he used to, he, they used to be killed, uh, most of them. Uh, but I was told by a number of people, uh, and it built up over a period of time, of um, what um, what he did. And there was, I won't say what it is, because for obvious reasons, but when Wiltshire Police... Um, and um, the chief constable at the time, who was has been not chief constable anymore, they kind of, you know, um, they, they got him removed eventually because you don't take these people on if you're in the system uh, and survive. But um, he um, or, or the investigation team mentioned something when they were investigating Heath, that there was something that he did that was kind of, I would say, very, very strange. And that gave them sort of confidence that these people were telling the truth because what they were describing was fantastic. And you really couldn't make it up. And you certainly couldn't make it up across several different people unconnected with each other. Well, I I know what that was uh, because I was told by um, some of these people who claimed to be abused by Heath what he did when he was abusing them. And you absolutely could not make it up. If you, if you, if we, if you sat here for uh, you know, the next hour saying, is it this, is it that? I just say no every time because you wouldn't get it because it's so fantastic. Um, and that gave me confidence as well because they were describing this particular way he did things that was so outrageous and yet incredibly consistent across all these these people, formerly kids, um, that I was confident enough to go with it. And there was a journalist, well, what passes to be uh, passes to be a journalist on the Isle of Wight, who, when the Biggest Secret came out in uh, nineteen ninety eight, um, she called Ted Heath, uh, who was still had set, he was still in, in the Parliament for another seven years after this, um, and. Um, and read him the passage. And all he said was, David Icke must be mad. That was it. And I, you see what I've accused him of? Um, but never went anywhere. 
because they don't want this stuff in court. Uh, what, one other thing, very quickly, what, one of the little tricks they do is when, when they're really in trouble over pedophilia and stuff or whatever, stuff like that, they'll produce someone who um, doesn't tell the truth. Um, they'll name the people that others are naming truthfully and then they'll be exposed as a fraud. And in doing that, they uh, seek to, and it works, they seek to discredit all those people who are telling the truth through one who is system, who is not telling the truth, either through mind control or through the fact that he's just doing it because he's doing it. Do you think another strategy is to satisfy the public outrage by sacrificing lower-level paedophiles, well, yeah. such as um, Rolf Harris, Clifford, etc.? Yeah, well, what they do, uh, if you notice what happened when, when the story broke, is they went for um, uh, people um, like um, Dave Lee Travers and stuff like that, which wasn't for paedophilia. It was for what was alleged to be, um, you know, sexual inappropriation with women, right? Uh, but what did that do? Dave Lee Travers, uh, you know, and, and all these others. Mm, mm. And, and it, it's, it's moving the focus from the political paedophiles. I mean, the, the scale of it is absolutely fantastic. And it's happening in America as it's happening in Britain, as it's happening around the world. It's a ring. If you go deep enough into it, there's a reason why they're obsessed with sex, uh, of sex with children. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, in the briefest summary, they are trawling the energy of children. Um, and this has been explained to me by insiders in the West. It's been explained to me, the same thing happening by the shaman in South Africa. Um, and um, there was um, there have been other books with other sources. They talk about the same thing. It's they're sucking the energy out of the kids because there's a particular energy before puberty. See, we see puberty as a hormonal chemical change, but actually, it's an energetic change which expresses itself hormonally and chemically. Um, one's an expression of the other. There's an energetic change that goes on. Uh, in the electromagnetic fields of the body uh, at what we call puberty. They want the energy before that, before that change takes place. It's, a, it's, it's a, like a nectar to them. Because, uh, I mean, you know, this world is nothing like we think it is, and that which is controlling it is nothing like we think it is. And I would just say this to people. Look at the night sky and think that you are looking at a tiny fraction of the Milky Way galaxy and um, according to the latest highest estimate there are about two trillion galaxies in the universe and that what we see and experience is a tiny band of frequency called visible light um, which is so tiny it's almost laughable everything else that exists beyond it uh, our TV channel, if you like, is unseen to us. Now tell me that humans are the only form of life that we call intelligent life. 
when we're living on a planet which, according to mainstream science, is the equivalent, compared with the size of the universe, of a billionth of a pinhead. Um, in other words, the idea that we are alone is insane. And eventually, you go through this web, that spider is not human. And it's that spider that is looking for the, the prepubescent energy of children. Uh, and, um, and, and it absorbs it through these pedophile satanic rings. Um, it, it's, it, honestly, you know, people can laugh if they like, I don't care. I'm after the truth, not a round of applause. And um, uh, the world is nothing like we think it is. And it's, so it's when you get into these deep levels that the world of the scene starts to make sense. Well, the laughing less and less as everything you've written about is slowly coming true or quickly coming true. You've provoked a lot of thoughts in me there. So when I used to get to America as a younger person, I was shocked. I'd go to the post office and I'd see all these pictures of all these missing children all plastered all over the walls. I couldn't believe it. With Madeleine McCann, do you think she is dead uh, and the culprits will ever be found? Well, unless um, something goes wrong with the cover-up, they'll never be found. Um, I mean, you know, the, the rings are very, very um, efficient in the way they work. They are well-honed. They have their backs watched. Um, I mean, you look at that story, and it's not impossible that Madeleine McCann is actually connected to Belgium. Belgium is a... Uh, 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 an extraordinary centre for paedophilia, as is Britain. Uh, and um, there was the um, the Dutro uh, uh, paedophile uh, child abuser who was uh, went to jail for it. Um, um, and he was keep. They found kids in a in like a a, a cage, a, a dungeon that he was keeping. And and that was that was Belgian's Jimmy Savile. It opened the door. And it was leading, of course it was leading, it always leads to the upper echelon of society in, um, in Belgium. And the guy, the genuine investigator, see there was a genuine investigator of the, um, the, the, the paedophile and child abuse in Jersey. And because he was genuine, and he was being supported by his, his chief of police, who was also genuine, they got rid of him. And they got rid of this investigator in Belgium who was genuine. And he was starting to get closer and closer to the big fish. So they get rid of him. And people come in and suddenly it's all shut down, which happened in Jersey and it happened in Belgium. So th these, things are, these, these things are everywhere. So, and, and what they do is another thing that the, the scale of it and the organization of it is extraordinary. They steal children to order. They will be asked for a child, maybe blue-eyed and blonde-haired with certain characteristics. They will then scan society looking for that child that, that meets those criteria of the client. And then they will steal them. Um, I, I've, I've met people who've been in mind control projects in America. I met one in um, in. Um, California once um, and she'd come out of it but there were there were kids running around in the room and she says every time I see kids running around she says my heart goes because um, if I was doing what I did before she was doing it under my control 
Um, any of those kids, I'll have them away. And you never see them again. One of the things they do is they, they'll have a van or a white van or a van and, and they'll sit there and they'll just wait for the child to be far enough away from parental help or whatever in the back of the van and away. Um, or they might even just sit there in the van. Like the man moves, like there's no one, no one, or the you know, van drove away and then they drive it away. Uh, and um, those kids are never seen again. They're, they're trafficked or whatever. And, and most of them end up dead. Um, because when you have no empathy and uh, you, you, you are completely consumed by psychopathy, you know, I, I remember once um, I, when, it, when this stuff, it never gets matter of fact, but you have to step back from it. When you research it, like I do, you have to step back from it. Otherwise, it will destroy you emotionally. Um, and when I was in America and a series of things happened, and I, I realized the scale of it. I remember I, I was watching a movie that, that night. I was traveling around America and, um, in a cinema. And I turned around as we were walking out. And, and a father was carrying his little child, a boy, over his shoulder. So um, the boy was looking back at me as his father went forward. I was standing behind. And I looked at this child's face. I just started to cry. Because I'm looking at that face of an innocent little kid. And... Um, that ch children like that on, in vast numbers all over the world are being abused, they're being murdered, they're being sacrificed. And uh, most p people, members of the public, are going, oh, that's too fantastic, that'd be ridiculous. And, and of course, as they do that, the people are actually doing it, go on doing it unchallenged. Um, and and that's, that's what I, you know, I've named so many of them. I've named in my book since the 1990s, Father George Borshin. And, uh, and and Ted Heath and uh, I I mentioned Lord McAlpine in regard to paedophilia in The Biggest Secret in 1998. There was no um, no no court case, and yet when someone didn't name in on the BBC, but it was taken that he was talking about Lord McAlpine, all hell broke loose. He threatened to sue everybody. Um, that the Speaker's wife in the Houses of Parliament pays him 50 grand or something for not, uh, you know, actually coming out with it outright. So I think George Monbiot, another excuse for a journalist on The Guardian, paid him something, all these people. And they weren't even saying he was a paedophile. They were just like tongue-in-cheek, uh, like not, you know, pointing towards him. And while that was going on, I was putting on my internet site the guy's a freaking pedophile never came for me um and and this is how they this is how they they uh they kind of bat it away you know one of the reasons they didn't um uh, they never got savile although there, there were some people that tried um is because he threatened legal action and then there was a guy called peter morrison mp in chester who was a close, close bosom buddy of Margaret Thatcher throughout her prime ministerial period and before she became leader of the Conservative Party, who was a known paedophile. Edwina Curry, a Conservative MP in her diaries, said that um, she was worried, you know, in one of her diary entries, she was worried that um, Pete, uh, um, uh, 
Peter Morrison was going to be given a, a job by Margaret Thatcher that, 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 that might be damaging the Conservative Party because, of course, he's a known paedophile. And she says in the diary that um, Norman Tebbit, who was chairman of the Conservative Party, um, had, had talked to Peter, uh, um, to talk to the MP, Peter Morrison, about his paedophile activities, but, but Peter Morrison promised to be discreet. So now we have it in Igwina Curry's own diary. The chairman of the Conservative Party knew this guy was a paedophile. And I, I remember the, da- the former Daily Mirror editor saying they wanted to get Peter Morrison for his paedophilia, but he always threatened with them with um, legal action. So now you have a paedophile, Peter Morrison, who was a very close associate and supporter and bosom buddy of Margaret Thatcher. You have Lord McAlpine, who was the Svengali and money uh, uh, maker for the campaigns of Margaret Thatcher. And you had Margaret Thatcher, who was a close friend of Jimmy Savile, who was a close friend of the British royal family. We are, it's a cesspit, Sean, a freaking cesspit. And we have to have the bollocks to say so. And if we're sure of our facts, to name names and not worry about consequences, but let the names worry about the consequences. Because they'll never have those consequences while people are in fear of speaking the truth. So I was raised Catholic, and I know Catholic priests that do good work around the world. But then I watched these documentaries on Netflix, like Sins of the Father, where these paedophile priests, Catholic Church brings in the highest priced lawyers, get some either minimum sentences or no sentences, promises the victims that justice will be served and they'll be disciplined, this won't happen again. And all they do is move them 20 miles away to another area where they do exactly the same thing. And then they come in and protect them and protect them and protect them. Is the Vatican running and protecting one of the biggest paedophile networks in the world 100 percent. you see again you've got you have to connect dots and, and you have to connect dots not just in present day but across the centuries the church of rome what is now known as the roman church is the church of babylon relocated christianity is the is a publicly acceptable face of the religion of babylon and the babylonian religion involved paedophilia and satanism it was a satanic religion therefore um as humanity uh, started to grow up and mature a bit and uh sacrifice in your face publicly was no longer acceptable it started to go on the ground when abuse of children paedophilia and stuff um became unacceptable it went underground it didn't stop it just went into the shadows uh, and so in Babylon, they had um, the uh, trinity of Nimrod, the father god, uh, Ninos Tamos, the virgin-born son, and they had on the third point of the trinity, Queen Semiramis, the goddess. Um, and they said in, the, in their stories that Nimrod died and became the sun god Baal, who impregnated Semiramis with the rays of the sun, and therefore she gave a virgin birth to Ninos Tamos. Um, when the Babylonian religion relocated to Rome, 
that they this is this is how you know that, that, that Rome almost seamlessly moved to Christianity because to people <laughs> not much had changed. Mm. Um, they they had the um, uh, the Trinity of the Father God brackets Nimrod, Jesus the Virgin Born Son brackets Nanos Timos, uh, Ninos and. At the other uh, point of the pyramid was is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, which they symbolize as a dove. That was Queen Semiramis's symbol in, um, in, in Babylon. And what they did is they took all the attributes given by the Babylonians to Queen Semiramis, Virgin Mother, Queen of Heaven, all that stuff, and they gave them to the invented figure of Mother Mary. Um, and they moved on. And so all these religions, that Christianity is a, is a, a, a dual religion. There's the, um, the, the mass of the religion, which operates in the public arena. And that's where they do things like the Eucharist. You know, they drink the blood as red wine and they, uh, they eat the flesh as a biscuit. And then there's the core of it, which is the religion of Babylon, and they literally drink the blood and literally eat the flesh, right? And that's, of course, much smaller than that, very smaller than that. But that's, that's, the, that's the dynamic, you see. And so um, the obsession that this has and this network has with pedophilia, I mean, you know, you've got choir boys everywhere. You know, if you if you want, if you... If you if you're a paedophile, um, are you going to go where there's only adults? I want to get a job where there's only adults. I'm a paedophile. No, you're going to go where the children are. So you have to look at the care homes, lack of it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, this is not knocking people at work, work with children in care homes. There's a fantastic number of people who are absolutely genuine people and care for the kids. Not knocking that, not talking in generalizations. I'm talking in, 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 the, in, in the numbers that, that are not like that. So you look at care homes, you look at children's homes, you look at um, churches with all the choir boys, look where the children are and you'll find the pedophiles. It, I mean, it, it's, it's not an obvious cause and effect, is it, really? And so you look at the structure of the Roman church, it's, 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 it's obviously going to attract an enormous number of pedophiles. And of course, also, when you, um, when you completely usurp the natural energetic order and you say you can only be a priest if you don't get married and don't have sex, well, that um, impulse, which is obviously a natural impulse, that's how, we, that, that's how humans are still alive uh, and we have new generations, well, it's going to express itself in, in distorted ways um, and not, not the ways that it would normally express itself. That's not to, uh, to excuse it. My God, I'm the last person in the world who would excuse it. I spent you know, decades bloody, uh, uncovering it. But you, that too um, is, um, is, is part of, of how this stuff manifests. So you mentioned Saville, and that's led on to the next question. I read Princess Di's book in her own words. You said about him having access to all of the inner royal circle. When Di and Charles were going through friction, 
he was brought in as the as a marriage yeah. guidance counsellor. Absolutely. And Diana wrote in a book that she found him creepy, and she yeah. was you know she was wondering why he was there as well. Yeah, well, this this lady who's uh, Diana's friend, she told me that story. Um, what would it be? Nineteen ninety seven, I think she told me the story. Uh, it was after it was after the after Diana died, um, and and she mentioned that that you know what do you mean? <laughs> you know, Diana was saying, what do you mean? He's coming in to, as a as a go between. What? Now, where was all this when Savile was um, was revealed for what he was? Why wasn't Prince Charles sat and questioned about his relationship with Savile and what he knew? Because he had to know. Don't tell me you didn't know, Charlie. You bloody liar! Of course he knew. So, so why, why, why is he still uh, um, standing in line to be the next king and not standing in line for the next slop out? Why? Because the establishment looks after its own. Wasn't one of the royals caught up with the Lolita Express, the island, the investment Oh, yeah, banker. Prince Andrew. Yeah. Yeah, Epstein. Epstein, that's it, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. little black book, which Blair was in and Trump was in. Clinton. And, and uh, the, uh, the paedophile um, uh, plane um, of Epstein, which um, Bill Clinton took many rides in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, you know, if people only knew the scale of what goes on in the world, um, they would see the world through, through, through very different eyes. Because uh, the world is not what that frickin' thing in the corner tells you. It's not what the uh, internet giants tell you. It's what's actually happening, and that's what they don't want to tell you. 